are the fourth episode of the podcast has not been canceled yet. The afterward. Welcome to our studios here at the Town Church in this closet. I just heard a big round of applause. <laughs> Felt really good. That was good because I, did, I didn't hear it. I, I didn't, didn't hear it at all. I actually. didn't hear it either. <laughs> I am in joined, your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joined by Josh McGeehan, a pastor here at the Town Church, and Richard Nelson, an elder here at the Town Church. The reason for this podcast, we hope that this is helpful. It's helpful for me. And hopefully helpful for you all as you listen to explore the text a little bit more that was just preached and also to apply it. What might that mean further for us specifically at the town church and devotionally? What do we see of God here that raises our affections for him? So that's the big idea for this podcast. We hope that's helpful to that end. And Josh, would you like to open up with the question that we have? The fun, the fun question. Oh yeah, the fun question. Um, so everywhere we're going to try... Hmm. I'm going to try and talk. <laughs> Every week, we're going to, boy, we are going to try and share something just so you can get to know us a little bit better. So today's question is, what is the last book that you read, or even more in general, what kind of books are you drawn to outside of uh, your devotional rhythm books? So what's the last thing you read, or what kind of... Uh, books do you like to read for well, fun? For fun, for fun. Yeah, yeah. Big R. Do you want? Wait, 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 Richard. Wait, wait. No, let's, let's add a wrinkle to it. Before Richard answers, how about you and me, Josh? We guess first, and maybe what the genre is for Richard. For Richard, and then when it's your turn, Richard and I will guess for you what the genre might be. Okay. Do you want to go first? What my guess is for Richard? Yeah. Huh. Is it romantic, like Jane Austen? Nope. He's making faces. That's not... How about science fiction? Mm. No. White Western. That's my guess. That's my official guess is Western. Mm. Um, my, my guess would be more kind of on the dark side, like vampires and ghouls and <laughs> warlocks. and Is Buffy involved? <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And the Twilight series, I'm pretty sure... Richard is probably a pretty keen fan of that as well. What is it, Richard? What, what genre do you go to? Oh, wow. <clears throat> uh, Karen and I read through the Chronicles, the, the, I think, seven books in the Chronicles of Narnia and really enjoyed yeah. that. Uh, we're not real uh, sci-fi kind of people, but uh, I know these are supposed to be kind of fun books, but can I, I'm going to twist it. I'm going to okay. Chuck Colson books. Okay. I've always been inspired by and challenged by. And he's written like Born, Born, uh, Born Again, and he was a, a guy that became a Christian in a prison, and so he wrote about that. And then, how shall we then? How shall we then live? Oh, yeah, puts passion in me. <laughs> That's good. All right, let's move to Josh. Richard, what is your guess that Josh's genre of fun for reading is? Fun books, uh, North American birds and how they travel. So nonfiction. Oh, nonfiction about birds. Non-fiction. It, it can be nonfiction. Okay. Yeah. Nonfiction. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> maybe if I'm trying to identify a bird, but probably I wouldn't read through a bird's guide okay. just for pleasure. But I'm, I'm happy to look at the pictures. <laughs> I think I know the answer. I think it's classics. Yeah, that would probably Ooh, yeah. be actually right. Tale uh, of Two Cities. Yeah, and I do read Spark Notes. Uh, so. <laughs> Yes, uh, probably classical literature. Although uh, I really like, uh, probably one of my favorite authors is John Krakauer. 
Um, oh. So I think... Oh, Richard. Richard's raising his hand. Nobody can yeah, see that. It's not a class, Richard. <laughs> I'm sharing right now. Uh, yeah, Richard. I think Richard almost fell on the I like Krakauer books. I totally forgot. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. It's okay. So Richard likes it too. But yeah. In Into the thin, thin air. air. Oh. Hey, jinx. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not going to touch your hand, Richard. He wanted to do a pinky promise or something. Um yeah, so Into Thin Air, Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, I really enjoy enjoy those kind of mm. books. Good. Okay, what about you, Eric Reeves, or should we have a guess on Eric real quick? Yeah, boy. Um, I got it. Can I, can I guess, guess first? Yeah, You're processing. I'm guessing maybe like a tax guide, like the 2022 <laughs> tax guide on how to file taxes, or maybe, <laughs> or maybe yes, something on... Maybe the Farmer's Almanac, uh, specifically in areas of where petunias grow better or what kind of soil composition no, is wait, best. Wait, wait, okay. wait, wait. No, I'm no, no, serious. No, no, let's wait, wait a minute. How is it that I get the reputation for being the serious, unfun numbers and data guy? For some reason, I get that reputation. Like, he's just going to be stoic. He's not going to laugh or smile. He's going to read about taxes. There's something about your machine-like personality. I have no, I have no emotion. Well, no, you do sometimes, you know. I was going to guess Louis L'Amour series, the the westerns. He he is good. I've never read any of his books. I've seen some of oh. the movies based on his books. No, no I, I'm similar to you, Josh. I've read through some classics, although it's been a while. Uh, the last book I tried to read for fun, I think, was last year, and it was uh, Don Quixote. Didn't make it all the way. That's a hard one. Yeah, I made it That's about a hard. third. That's where you go to the Spark Notes. Is that the same thing as Cliff Notes? Yeah, sorry. Uh it's a little bit more youthful, but oh, yeah, it, and it's online and it's not in the yellow book. It's more just sparknotes.com, which by the way, is what our podcast is actually sponsored <laughs> by today. Pizza Ranch two weeks ago, this time Sparknotes. Sparknotes.com brought to you by sparknotes.com. Yeah. Hey, should we talk about something more important now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll try. All right, Josh, how, how about you take it away? Yeah. Um, so this uh, week's passage, I'm actually going to read it because uh, it is fairly short. And Eric and I were talking earlier today. So it's Galatians 2, uh, 15 through 21. And there's really, it's really hard to say much more than what Paul says on the specific topic of justification uh, through faith in Christ. So I'm going to read it. And we, we can try and expound or try and apply some of this stuff, Richard, Eric, and I, but Paul's, Paul's words are so, so clear. Not, it's not necessarily easy to comprehend, but I'll just let the text speak for itself. So let me read Galatians two fifteen through 21. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works or the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners in Christ, then a servant of, of sin. Sorry. Certainly not. 
For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Shall we just say amen and close? That And that's the gospel. Yeah. Good news. <clears throat> so there's the mention of the law. And so uh, you, you really, I think, clarified a lot what the what the law was and and really what was the purpose of the law if it can't save somebody which the Jews thought it did what what would be the purpose of the law and i think a lot of people wonder about that yeah cuz it can easy it can we can easily start to think that the law is evil then huh? yeah. or like it had no point that it was superfluous that yeah that's an or even think the old testament is the law the New Testament is Jesus. Oh, yeah. And see two radically different perspectives on how God's economy kind of works towards salvation specifically. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, What we cannot say is that the law is somehow evil or bad. So that's clearly not the case. It was given by a good God to Israel through Moses for their good. Uh, We saw that in the Old Testament. And even... Oh, let me look. I think it's in Romans. Paul actually addresses this very question, if the law was evil or not. Um, I'll need a second before I can find it. I think it's in Romans 7. But Paul is really clear that it's not. It, it wasn't bad. It doesn't, it's not sinful. The law isn't sinful. But it still begs, begs the question, so what then is the point of the law? And Paul's going to get more into this later in Galatians. But even our text from yesterday showed that it was through the law that Paul died of the law. And so there's something happening in the law, intrinsic to the law, that points beyond itself to lead Paul to the point of dying to the law so that he can live in Christ. And so some point of the law is to point beyond it to point to Jesus, ultimately. So would you say the law revealed sin because it defined... It's like uh, there's a red and white octagonal sign that has STOP on it, and there's a law that says you need to stop there. And if you violate that, you're going to be fined. And so the law defines the pathway in which to walk. And so it reveals, I can't do this. I, I can't. I can't obey this. Yeah, and that's, that, what, yeah, and that's exactly and that's what And that's why says. we die, because yeah. we, we can't, you know, you have to obey the whole law, but no one can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on this, on this point, <clears throat> um, Galatians was probably the first letter that Paul wrote. And so Romans can live after Galatians. But Paul talks a lot more about this in Romans 6 and 7 and spells out a little bit more. And so in my interpretation of, of what we talked about yesterday, using Romans 6 and 7 helped me understand what is Paul getting at when he says crucified with Christ? What's Paul getting at when he means works of the law? What's he getting at by meaning that he died to the law and it's through the law that he died to the law? So if you're listening, uh, Romans 6 and 7 could be a really helpful place to read. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I would also say, as as we think about the law, I mean, we're talking we're talking about justification through faith in Christ. 
So I think oftentimes the law can be discouraging, especially if you read the Old Testament, even some of the most beautiful Psalms, Psalm 1. Uh, it's very specific. I will, I will do this. I will do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a beautiful picture, but if we read it, if we read the Psalms, even the beautiful Psalms or the encouraging Psalms, it's, it's easy to say, well, I can't, I don't do this, so I will do this, but I don't do it. So even in some of, Psalm 1 keeps coming to mind about our position about walking with the righteous and not sitting oh. in the seat of sinners. And it's all good news, but it's impossible to do. So we look mm-hmm. at the law and it feels impossible. So I think for salvation, we needed justification through faith because mm-hmm. we couldn't do it. Right. And so, but the law is still extremely helpful in what it means to walk in obedience. And mm-hmm. so often I think we just, the law seems impossible, so we dismiss it. And yet it isn't necessary for salvation. That's the amazing thing. But it sure is helpful in knowing, hey, if, I, if I'm obedient to the law, then I'm, I'm not going to have lustful thoughts. I'm not going to be greedy. I'm not going to be prideful. I'm not going to live in arrogance or with strife with my brother or whatever, whatever the law may be showing. The law actually will show us a better way to live. But the law isn't the means for salvation. Is that mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, de- yeah, definitely. I think Paul is really clear. That's good. That's good, Josh. Um, there's two ditches to avoid, isn't there? One is legalism, where now the law is our way to life. And the other one is lawlessness or antinomianism. Did I pronounce that right? I think I did. Where we just chuck it out altogether and see it as completely unnecessary. Paul is really clear. Either of those ditches are, in fact, ditches. And it's not what he's talking about or what the role the law has. You know, too, the, the law was external. You know, and what, what is revealed here and here by justification by faith is what you brought out, you know, and very clearly on Sunday is that there's a transformation on the inside of us. So the gospel is inner. It changes you from the inside. The gospel or the, the law is outside and, and we just can't conform to it. Uh, we can only aspire to do a few things to it. So uh, I'm really grateful that uh, God has put the gospel inside of us Yeah, with him indwelling there. Yeah. Yeah, I think how this might apply to us today, specifically the town church, is I think about the four spiritual formation rhythms that we have put forward as healthy things that are essential to a healthy Christian. Um, I think there's ditches on that, aren't there? One of the ditches is how this is just another way to be legalistic. If I do these four things, I read my Bible, if I pray, if I attend church regularly, if I'm in Christian community, if I have some sort of study rhythm where I'm, I'm forming my own doctrine about what I believe about God, if I do those things, then I'm okay, or then I'm a healthy Christian, or then I'm on point. Uh, and that, that's simply not the case. These are means to an end. These are, these are postures to have, things that we do where God could use to show us more of himself and thereby grow our love for him, which is the point of all of those things. And reading your Bible is not an end in itself. But it's easy to fall into that, isn't it? Especially as we communicate, hey, these are things that are healthy that we need to be doing. Um, there's some sort of healthy peer pressure then. Like, Richard, I want you to be reading your Bible, you know, and I want you to be praying, and I want you to be engaging on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Not because that's what a good, a good Christian just simply does and needs to do, 
although it is essential to healthy believer, but because it's good for you, it's healthy for you and your growth to know more of who God is because God of his grace can use those things to show him, show you more of himself. Um, so I think we need to be really careful not even see those things in a legalistic sort of lens, yeah. but still see them as a, an essential, required, necessary piece of the Christian life, but as a means to get more of God. And God is the end, right? So Eric, wouldn't you, don't we also believe that God gives us the grace to do those disciplines? I mean, we can't muster yeah. it up in our own strength. That's good. Without God's grace, you know, we labor in vain. That's good, yeah. I want to just uh, read... Again, uh, especially if you don't have a Bible in front of you, uh, verse 16 and really just verse 16 and just to hear, hear this argument. And then I, I want to, I have a question for both of you that I'd love to get an answer to. Uh, it says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. I think he said the same thing three times yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and this is foundational to, to grace, to faith alone, uh, to it's not by works that we're saved. I think mm-hmm. about Ephesians chapter, chapter 2. In his repetition of this, even three times in one verse, why, you guys have been Christians for a while, why is this so difficult, do you think, for believers to understand? Or why do we add to it the things you were mentioning, Eric, like Bible reading and all of these really, really good things? Why, or why do we dismiss our sin as not being that bad? Or why is this justification by faith alone in Christ, why is Paul hitting it so hard? And why is it so difficult for us as Christians, at least for me, to really grasp this? It is hard. You're right. I think it's really hard. Uh, I tend to legalism. My personality does. Surprise, surprise. It tends to legalism. That's why you're reading the the tax guide for 2022, (laughs) because you got to get it right. (laughs) Got to get it right. Um, uh, so I know I, I just cut. If you're listening to the podcast, you, know, you don't know this, but I just cut out some things. We had some distractions. So this is the third time I'm having to confess my legalistic nature to these two here uh, in front of me. And the beauty is Paul is saying that you're justified, Eric, <laughs> That's right. by that grace in faith in Christ, yes. not because of your legalistic nature. But you can keep confessing. Yeah, you, you actually find some pleasure in this. Um, so what, what, I, what I have said that I since have cut out um, legalism is really attractive to me because it's cut and dry, it's black and white. If I know that I do these 10 things every day and I'm good, then it's really, it doesn't mean it's easy, but at least I know um, where I don't have to look at my heart, my motivations, where I was actually trying to get at it, who I was trying to look good in front of. So if I get into the day and I know I did six out of 10, then I am 60% of the way there. You know, the next day maybe it's 50, the next day maybe it's 100. Sleep well, knocked it out of the park. I did it, mm. you know? And so mm. I tend toward legalism. I think a part of it is because in some ways uh, it's easier, or at least clearer or more cut and dry, yeah. maybe. And so the gospel runs counter to that in my heart. Um, Josh, you and I were talking earlier today. There is nothing else in this life that works like the gospel, is there? I mean, I, 
even if somebody, there have been people who have been so gracious to me and my family these last couple of weeks and have dropped meals off at our house. That is gracious. It's charity. Uh, and yet at the same time, there's something about how can I return the favor or mm. uh, how can I do something or I don't know. There, there, there can feel like now they're not a weight. That's the wrong word. But there's, they're, now they're like the ball is now in my court in a sense. Whereas what Paul's hammering home here with the, with the grace of the gospel is that you don't have a ball in your court anymore. There's still a way the Christian responds out of a love for God that he has given me in the first place. But the ball's not in my court to now somehow do something to keep my salvation or to earn it or to be more saved than I was before. That is a free gift. Yeah, that's, that's helpful, Eric. Uh, I'm curious from you, Richard, why is this concept of justification through faith in Christ alone, why, maybe even for you personally or from your observation of, of believers, why is it difficult to grasp? Sure. Um, first of all, I think we would say we're going to define justification as where God declares us righteous. Yeah. We, are, we have the righteousness of Christ, because God has justified us. So are we attaining that righteousness through works of the law or through faith in Christ? And that's the crossroads here. But yeah, I think why, why is legalism, why is the works of the law? Our whole culture is built that way. If you want to succeed in athletics, you got to work hard and you achieve all these things. If you want to be climb the corporate ladder, you got to do all these things. You earn your way. No one just says you're the CEO of Amazon by grace, and it's all yours. Do it with, with, do with it what you want. That doesn't happen in our world. And so we're programmed to that. And I think, secondly, I'm going to bring in uh, the devil because he is the accuser. He is the deceiver. And I think he really confuses this whole thing that we're talking about and causes people to say, surely you need to do you know the law because you can measure that you can you can you can write it down but when you say we're putting my faith in Christ we don't see Christ uh we can't measure him and we can't have any scientific study on it and even faith is a bit mystical and how do you do that it only happens because Christ gives us the faith in the and reveals the gospel to us in a way that is so compelling i, I think i fell into grace it was so wonderful, like in a hot tub or something, and it was just so soothing. <laughs> wow. I'm hearing you. Some Epsom salt was in that hot tub. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. It, don't you think that maybe part of this, as you were talking, I was thinking about this, that part of this, part of this is that we don't have a good uh, view of who God is and yeah. His holiness, which is infinite, uh, and coupled with that, we don't have a good view of what an offense, a sinful offense against that sort of God does. And so yeah. if I can actually do something to bridge that gap, I, I'm in a sense calling myself God or God-like, that I can bridge that infinite gap. Wow. Yeah. I think that's true. I'm Not f- that you're doing that. I mean, we're all doing it. We try and justify ourselves yeah. by works because it's measurable, because maybe it's even attainable. And it's something that we can kind of comprehend or, or get our hands around. I think being justified by faith, your comment, Richard, that it can, it's, I mean, it is kind of mystical and it's, it's kind of, uh, or spiritual is probably a better word, uh, that it's hard to grasp. But the problem, don't you guys think, whenever we 
justify ourselves by the law or by our works or by our deeds is we really, maybe the ultimate sin in this is we undermine the work of the cross. Yep, absolutely. We forget Jesus. Yep. The gospel is no longer great. The gospel is no longer profound or astonishing Hmm. or awe-inspiring, but it is simply, well, Jesus, great, but my work's great too. Man, that's twisted, isn't it? That's bad news. Oh, that's twisted. That's an ungospel. That's an ungospel. Can we bring it in personally? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to hear you give some examples from your life, Richard. <laughs> yeah, I just confessed the same thing three times to you both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, what happens when we, I mean, we, we're very performance-oriented people. I have a performance-based acceptance. I come to church. I try to serve at church. I try to do communion at church. Uh, if there's the door open, I'm going to try to be there. Can I be a leader in this group? Can I be a leader in that group? Can I say something spiritual in a group meeting? Yeah. And everyone right? says, wow, Richard, where, 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 what planet did you come from? Or, you know, I, we want, I, I fan the flame on my flesh by trying to perform it. Mm. And it drives me crazy. And so what I want is just grace coming out. And uh, just that sense, my life is a gift today, and I don't have to—I don't have to do things to perform. I don't have to do things to look good in front of other people. My only—my only audience is Jesus. You know, I. So on Sunday nights, I'm—I'm I'm helping lead the trail, our our youth ministry here at the church, and I was sitting with some high school guys in our conversation. And we were talking about this very thing. And I think the heartbreaking part is whenever performance or justification through the law or works takes over justification through faith in Christ, is you see defeat in people. There are mm-hmm. uh, just talking with some of these guys and saying, oh, I don't even feel like a Christian sometimes because I can't, I don't read my Bible every day, mm-hmm. or I don't pray as much as I should. Or I'm not nice to my parents. Or I struggle with my siblings. The list went on and on. And as I'm hearing these guys, who actually I really look up to, that they they they're coming and they're engaging and they're they're confessing sin. But if that's the means to how they become a believer, I'm like, oh no, we've got to take great hope hmm. that even if you're not a good brother all the time, or even if you're not good at school sometimes, or even if you let your parents down or your church down, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that we don't do right, if that's the means or the justification of how we can get to heaven or or know God, that is a sad thing. But to know Christ, these guys, these young guys, they know Christ. And so, like, I just want to say, let's take heart. Let's take heart together. And and put our faith in Christ and our assurance in the one who saved us, Jesus. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, once in a while I get it right, Richard. <laughs> I'm going to read a verse. May I read a verse? 1 Corinthians 15.10. Yeah, you can. Uh, that says, but by the grace of God, this is Paul speaking, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain or not without effect. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Even our efforts to live out the Christian life should be empowered by the Holy Spirit that carry us along. And it's not by us 
in the flesh grinding these things out. And that's a wonderful... That's a relief, that's a, right? It's an incredible relief. Yeah, we're going to see here later in Galatians that Paul talks about the freedom in Christ. And yeah. I think you're starting to get out a lot of that. that oh, burden. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> that freedom burden, in Christ. Freedom How's in Christ? that sound, That's what Richard? I'm talking about. Yeah. The burden's been lifted. Yeah. You know, it, it's really profound. We'll get there. And you know what was neat? It's what's really neat is that when Christ comes inside of you, he changes you from the inside out. I mean, I, all of a sudden, I, I stopped doing some things that were real offensive to God. And I was glad to get rid of those things. And I started doing some things that he wanted me to do. And I was very happy to do those things. How does he change us? He changes our attitude so that we want to do and we want to be like him. I find that miraculous. And I don't want to... You first said it's neat. And then you said it's miraculous. I think miraculous is a better word than neat. Yes, the spirit changes your desires. Yeah. That's good news. Awesome news. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask one more question. Um, what in this text do you see of God that your heart responds by a growing love for him? What raises your affections for God that you see in this text? Yeah, again, I, I think about uh, these high school guys at the trail who, man, this Sunday was really fun talking about some of this stuff. But I think verse 20, mm-hmm. very very famous verse. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. This verse title says nothing about my performance. Hmm. It says nothing about my behavior. It says nothing about my spiritual disciplines. It doesn't make a record of my rights and my wrong. It's just true, and it's true for these high school guys, too. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. Stop. That's it. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I think the response is, praise God. Like, yeah. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's amazing. It is. <laughs> I, I would have to. I think verse twenty is is one of my top five verses, probably that if God has used. And at, uh, at the end, it says, "I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me." Mm-hmm. That God loved me mm-hmm. unconditionally, mm-hmm. and He gave Himself for me. I mean, that makes me want to serve God out of gratitude and joy and. Worship and adoration, uh, I'm just, uh, I, I, it's transformational. For God so loved the world is a transformational thought, and I hope I never get over it. Yeah, uh, I think I'm, I'm with you, Richard, that Jesus loved me and gave himself up for me, not because of anything that I would do for him later. Yeah. It wasn't God in eternity past looking forward and said, oh, Eric in 2022 is going to do this, this, and this. I think I'm going to choose to save him then. It had nothing to do with that. He, out of his grace and love for me, that he just simply chose to have for me, he sent his son to do that, to love me and to give himself for me. I don't get it. Things don't work that way normally. It it breaks my brain thinking about it. I don't know. I don't get any other response than what you said, Josh. Praise God. It's done. I can't mess it up. You know? I I can't add to it. I can't take away from it. He chose to do it. He saved me. P. 
period. Yeah. Yeah, I think it brings a rest for me too that I can I just need to be in Christ, yeah. which I am. And so thinking, okay, Richard, to your point, spirit, move me in ways that glorify you, that that may even that will align with your law or with the things that you would have for me in obedience, but I don't need to really think about that. Really, my focus is be in Christ. Mm-hmm. Well said. We made it. We made it through four, I think, four episodes now. Would you say they're getting better or kind of the same? Well, I, I, I know the gospel isn't changing, so even That's if these are bad, news, yeah, we're not justified by podcasts. <laughs> yes! Praise God for that. Huh? Yeah. Richard, try, quit trying to try so hard on these podcasts. Yes, sir. I, I will try. I thank you for listening. Um, remember, if if you're here with us on a Sunday morning and there's something in the sermon, in the text that we're looking at, you have a question about that, maybe the sermon raised or maybe wasn't addressed, you can email us at info at the townchurch.org mm. and maybe we'll be able to wrestle with that on the podcast the next morning. So if you could do that by Monday morning, we'll have a chance to look at it and maybe be able to talk through it. We hope this is helpful for you. Your feedback to us is really helpful because we do not know what we're doing. We're simply sitting here talking about things that we think are important or helpful for us, but we want them to be helpful for you too. So any feedback's helpful. All right, we will see you next time. We love you. Josh loves you. Richard loves you. I do too. All right.